Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There is a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sunny. I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And, of course, we want to thank you all for chilling out and coming in and just relaxing with us on this wonderful Tuesday. We're going to have a great week, everybody, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's way too much. Hesitation. We're going to have a great week, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, more enthusiasm. That's all the enthusiasm you're getting out of me. Okay, audience, we're going to have a great week, <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Uh, of, of course, before we get too far in, we want to thank all of our sponsors, which, of course, are ETB, who you saw in the beginning. We also have Gem Accessories, as well as Millennium Threads, which there is a link to them down below with a discount code, TOPCUT10. Absolutely check out our TCG Player affiliate link and our Dragon Shield affiliate link. Now, with all of that said, let's go ahead and read off some patron names. Woo. So. A huge thank you to Cam Yang, Top Cuts, Trouble Sunny, and Caleb, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet the Feet, AD, Ash Blossom, and No Joy. Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi, Has Anyone Actually Read Toy Vendor? Hello there, would you like to talk about our Lord and Savior, Goth Chicks and Fishnets, and Chamber Dragon Maid? That, 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 that is towing a line. Listen, listen. I, I don't disagree. What he said. But... You're towing a line. A very fine line with the patron name there. HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln. Imagine playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in 2022 on Earth in the Milky Way Galaxy in the universe on Earth in 2022 playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Jarrett Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game as a Floodgate, Rudolph, a Sprite Farter, Tailorman's Happiness, Floodgate in Your Mouth, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Brandon Potter, Cyberdark and Dragon is actually broken. Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Jerry Beans Man, King, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pincode 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up. Sunny is a freaky worm guy. Worm spelled like W I R M. Sword Souls. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Again, I don't disagree. Uh, but I guess that's what I get after playing sword soul for so long well as you say after you were freaky fish guy for a couple weeks so. yeah and where Appaloosa dating sim konami uh, thank you all of course for your continued support of the podcast if you are interested in becoming a patron at the five dollar and up tiers you do get an extra episode of the podcast every single week and of course at the 
$5 and up tier, you also get merch if you say subscribe to Patreon for three months. So, yeah, like stickers and Yeah, it's like, it's like free merch that you get for just for being a patron. It's so, really cool. Yeah. So, with all that said, let's, of course, get on into today's episode. So, now, today is a little bit different than most because we actually have a lot of competitive things to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So, let's start with... We had a couple of YCSs today. Well, this past weekend. Yes. So, they concluded today. So, we had YCS Utrecht, which was in, uh, which was won by Joshua Schmidt, who's from Germany. He is a very, very well-known, very good player. He does, I believe, do coaching on Metafy, and in oh, general. Nice. Yeah, I think he's. This is his third YCS win. Nice. So, a very well-known player, very, very good player. So, and of course, we want to congratulate him first and foremost. That that's a a huge, huge achievement. And he was playing Runic Sprite for his victory. Ugh. Listen, at this point. Tier Limit and Runic have both won major events. Yep. So we we've got we got there after the ban list where we thought that tier was going to become tier zero. The, we got there for Sprite. That's crazy. I mean, it took using Runics to get there, but they got there. Right, right. So for a full breakdown of <clears throat> the of the actual event, we had a. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact graph here. I thought I had it all pulled up. Uh, I think it's further up the page. Okay, well, well, we'll start with the breakdown of top 64. Yeah. So, top... Oh, wait, here we go. Full deck breakdown. So, your full breakdown of YCF Utrecht was 23% tier limit, which was the most represented deck. 11% sprite. It doesn't say what kind of sprite, but th- there is a separate category for runic and sprite. I think it's a. I think it's a case of it's literally everything that isn't runic sprite. Right. So I think you could th- put things like the frog engine with sprite, nimble sprite, and even yeah. like tri brigade sprite, Melfi Melfi sprite, live to win Melfi. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can put all these different combinations of sprite decks into this one category. And then the most popular form of it, which is Runic Sprite. So combined, anything with a Sprite engine, you could say that it's 21%. Tier limit's 23%. Yeah. So kind of need to do your own breakdown in your head of whether or not you think that Sprite and Runic Sprite should be combined. Because they they do play fairly differently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, 7% Fluanderese, which does make sense because the way the deck plays yeah d shifter is a very good Yu-Gi-Oh card things like that and also being able to blank your opponent out of special summons except for wins is potentially very good particularly against decks that don't play wins right which tier lament sprite neither of them do as far as i know um runic at four percent so this is just pure runic yeah math mech at four percent and then 41% other. So, overall, just good um, good diversity, I would say, overall. Surprising diversity, actually. Right. So. Particularly, it's the 4% math mech that's really getting me. Yeah. So, but math mech is still a good deck, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. But I, I guess it's just that many people just really like the deck. Yeah, and the deck is probably the fourth or fifth best deck in the format. Easily. Which is crazy to think about. Circular is a heck of a card, dude. And then some. So, next we have the top 64 breakdown, which is pretty different, I would say. So, at 30% of top 64, you have Runic Sprite, which converting from 10% to 30% of top cut is very very good it's very impressive actually very 
Uh, then at 13, you have tier limits, which is not a great. Uh, That's a yeah, especially considering that the number one get got deck got the number two spot in top. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah, it does happen sometimes when you have a deck that's that represented because people are under the assumption that everyone's going to run the deck and therefore they board extra cards for it. They game plan extra for yeah. it. And then also Tillman, I, I find I, from my experience against it is it's just really a is a really gamble heavy deck. Yeah, there is some variance in the deck just with the way the deck plays. Yeah. But overall, I think a lot of that is just game planning. It, yeah, yeah. I would relate this similarly to my experience at YCS Niagara, where in the seven rounds I played, I played against mostly Sprite. Even though Tier Limit was, as far as I could tell, the most overall represented deck in the room. Sprite represented more than 50% of top cut at YCS Niagara. Well, I mean, at the YCS, what was it? The South one in South Car uh, North Carolina? Charlotte. Yeah, in Charlotte. And YCS Charlotte? I didn't go up against a single Sprite player all day. Really? Yeah. That might be because it wouldn't be releasing for another three months. N no, because Tier Limit was out. I played against some Tier decks. Not at YCS Charlotte. YCS Charlotte was in April. I played against Tier at Charlotte. YCF Charlotte was in April, Caleb. Yeah. Tier Lament and Sprite released in Power of the Elements, which was August 6th. I, yeah, I remember play. No, it was the other YCS. The one. It was the regional in Fort Worth. Thank you. Yes. <sighs> I, I got the two mixed up in my head. It's been a long, it, it, I've slept since then. Ah, okay. Yes. So I still didn't see any Sprite at that regional. Yeah, I saw a good bit in that regional. All I saw was Sprite and Tier Limit, except I played eight rounds. And I saw three Sprite, three Tier Limit. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I saw like three or like two or three Tier Limit, but I didn't see any Sprite. That's crazy. I saw a bunch of both of them. To be fair, my round two was against. No, my round three or four was against uh, Numeron FTK or OTK. Oh, trust me. I remember. I walked past and saw his hand like going into game two, I think, which was like five minutes before time. His hand was like Lava Golem, Planet Pathfinder, Lightning Storm, Dark Hole, and something else. Yeah, he played that hand weirdly. Yeah, he. I don't think he played it correctly, but yeah, and he it, still ended up winning that game. Yeah. Crazy. So 30% Runic and Sprite, 13% Tier Limit, 9% Sprite, which again, this is just going to involve everything else. Right. 8% Fluandere, so a good conversion rate for Fluandere's. Live Twin Sprite specifically is 8%. So I guess you could say that... I don't know if in the other category that is where they put Live Twin Sprite, or if they put it in with Sprite originally and then here decided to separate it because it was such a large percentage. That's what I think happened, because I, it might have been the case with just these 9% Sprite was like... One sprite Melfi, one one or two sprite Tri Brigades, right. one or two of this, one or two of that, right. And then it was like eight uh, or however many uh, live twins, uh, right? Li live twin sprites. Like we have a lot of live twin sprites. So we'll put that off in its own little category. It's big enough to be its own category, right? Uh, Six percent Mathmech, which is not a terrible conversion rate, I think. Four percent of the total field converts to six percent of top cut, which. If I'm doing my math right, it's something like five, five or six. One ofs. Well, five or six math mech players in top 64. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your others is 26% of the field. So it's just uh, other yeah. unnamed things. A, a bunch of random one ofs. So if you really look at it. It's really 39% runic. <laughs> no. <laughs> 39 plus 8 is 47% Sprite. Yeah, yeah. Almost 50% was a variant of Sprite. Yeah, so probably 31 of uh, top 64 was Sprite. Yeah. That's but, a lot. Yeah, but it looks like Runic Sprite is definitely the best form of the deck at the moment, based on what we're seeing here. Yeah, for sure. Runic Sprite is far and away probably the best version of Sprite, as evidenced by this. Yeah. And then breaking, and then cutting down from top sixty-four to top eight, 
you have 23% tier limit, which is an interesting flip. Oh, so it like flips from number one to number two, then back to number one again. Yes. So it converted very well in Top Cut. 11% uh, Sprite, 10% hmm. Runic and Sprite. So one of Top 8, I guess. Um, actually, <laughs> I clicked on the wrong graph. Whoopsie! I clicked back on the deck breakdown again. I'm sorry, Top 8 was 50% runic and sprite. So four runic and sprite. One runic tier limit, one live twin sprite, one regular tier limit, and one exosister. So all that cool stuff you saw with the math mech and fluanderies and all those did not, others. Did not make it to top eight. None of it made it to top eight. Top eight was literally um, runic sprite, runic tier, live twin sprite, regular tier, and exosister. So sprite, tier, and sprite, exosister. Sprite, tier, exosister, yeah. Yes, yeah, so Sprite Tier and Exorcister. Literally two decks and then the one deck that counters them both. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. And uh, of course, Sprite Tier would eventually go on to or take the, everything. Or, uh, ex or uh, I almost said Exorcist Tier. No, it was uh, Runic, t uh, Runic, Runic Sprite. Runic Sprite, Tier Element, Exorcister, FTK. It's a lot. It's a lot of different words going out. Yes, yes, it is. So that's kind of the breakdown for YCS Utrecht. Mm -hmm. But this leaves us in a very weird position for YCS Quito Ecuador, because um, as it turns out, America TCG doesn't do breakdowns and give us real nope. information so no, of course not. of course not that'd be too yeah that'd be too good so thanks Yu-Gi-Oh for not giving us accurate tournament information mm -hmm. thanks uh, it's frustrating really yeah especially for the European events to get all this amazing and useful information mm -hmm. that helps us game plan deck build and prepare yeah, for tournaments know, going forward. Know what hand traps, know what techs are even worth it. Right. And give you an understanding of what to do in various situations. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. Which is Yes, that way you yes, that way you can know what matchups. Oh, that's probably all they do is that way you don't know what matchups to worry about. That's the terrible that's a terrible idea because Yeah. It makes within a day there's going to be a, a, a YouTube video about where it. they compiled all the information and put it all together. Shout out, shout out Septo. So, yeah. So that, that man is a wizard. Honestly, the thing about YCS Quito is that it was a three V three YCS. So for those that don't Ooh, know how a three V three event works. Yeah. For those that don't know a three V three event is where you and two friends come together to form a team. You pick a team name, and you have an A, a B, and a C player. So essentially, imagine me, Caleb, and a third person, we'll just call them X, are all on a team together. It'll be, say, me at the A, Caleb at the B, and X at C. So when we go to this tournament, what will happen is I will play, since I'm the A player, I will play against our opponent's A player. We will play a best two out of three match, and whoever wins the match gets a point basically for their team. And then Caleb will play against their B player, and then our C will play against their C. And and then whoever wins two out of those three matches wins the match, if that makes sense. So if me and Caleb win and X loses, then we win the match as a team. Or if me and Caleb lose and X wins, we lose the match as a team. The other cool thing about 3v3s is that you're allowed to uh, you're allowed to talk with your teammates and discuss strategy and things like that. I will say this though, Mr. X is a terrible conversationalist. Yeah. <laughs> All he talks about is hunting down Leon Kennedy. Mr. X from uh Resident Evil 2. Okay, never played the Resident Evil series. Oh. So, I thought you were going to say something like Professor X. All he wants to do is go find more mutants for his school. No, no you're not wrong. <laughs> but no. So you know, I love how you were like, 
No, you're not wrong. You just yeah. like you stopped but, as you were saying. No, you stopped. You're like, no, wait a minute. Actually, he's no wait. He's right. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you are correct. But uh, so Mr. X in Resident Evil Two, after a certain point in the game, he just starts hunting you down. You can't kill him. You can't. He's just always in the background, and you'll be running down a hallway, be like, okay, this is great. And he just comes around the hallway, sees you, and just starts walking towards you menacingly. So it's almost like it's 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 almost like uh, Mr. Smith from The Matrix. Exactly. Only he doesn't talk. He's eight feet tall. And if he runs into a zombie, and there's a zombie between you and him, he'll walk up and then just shoulder check it out of the way. Hmm. And if you hit him with a bazooka, all it does is make him go, mm, oof, and then get back up. Except the AI is dumb sometimes, and I love this about the AI, is that like if you're in, a, there are zones he will, he won't, will not walk into, so stay on the edge, he'll walk up. Mm -hmm. And then if you pull out a large a large enough weapon where your hitbox is altered, he'll start walking away. One of those weapons is a rocket launcher. Hmm. So he'll be walking towards you menacingly. If you're staying in that zone you pull the rocket launcher, he'll stop and then turn around and leave. All right, then. As if he's going, oh, no, ain't dealing with that. <laughs> wow. Funny videos. You can find them online. Anyway, we've gotten way off topic. Yeah, we. For, for a joke. We, yeah. You're just as guilty of going off topic. So not that not that going off topic that time. Okay. But other times, you're just as guilty. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, so YCS Quito, we don't have a ton of information. It, although we do know it was a 3v3 YCS. So the representation numbers do get a little bit wonkier. But regardless, we do know a few of the players that were in top. So um, we know that uh, Asala with his team got third place and then Rafael Nevin with his team who I know Paolo was on his team Ooh. they got top 16 so congratulations of course to both of them and their teams for an awesome finish um, and pretty soon the deck profiles if you want those deck profiles for those players by, by the time this video airs the deck profile should be up on the luxury gaming YouTube channel did we, did we ever, tell, ever, did we ever uh, tell the story of that 3v3 that we were in? Yes. Where the, the controller incident? <laughs> okay, so... It's one of my favorite stories to tell. <laughs> okay, so you need to understand. We were heading into a space where... I love you, Caleb. On our team, Caleb was the worst player. Oh, by far. I had a little bit more format understanding and knowledge than I probably do now. And our teammate was Trevor from Team Dark Arm Dealings. And Who he is... was he, he's a god. Yeah. So compared to us at least. Oh yeah. So easily one put, of the best players we know on a normal basis. Yeah, for sure. So the way we decided to do it was we put myself at A. Caleb at B and Trevor at C. So the reason that we did this was because a lot of teams like to put their best player at B. Mm -hmm. That way the best player can help A and C because, but, because I didn't mention this earlier. I got yeah. distracted. Sorry. Um, in a three V three, no, you're good. In a three V three, the B, when I said that the, the teammates can help each other out, A and C can't talk to each other, but B can talk to both. So, yeah. Keep that in mind. Well, we put Caleb in the middle. That way he could play against the best player. But then it leaves me and Trevor out on islands, essentially. So the goal was for us to both win our matches. Or if Caleb wins his, then only one of us needs to win ours. So what we ended up doing was, which we all held our own. It, nobody, I think, had a losing record on the day. Trevor went undefeated, but that's a different yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. So... We all go in, we start playing, and Caleb gets to a, an opponent where the dude is playing Salad. And Caleb, the dude bricks. And he just, like, does an Ibley on Caleb's yeah. field. Makes Bailinks, gives me the Ibley, passes. Right. My first time ever getting Ibleyed. His first time playing at Salad. Because 
when we came into the game, Salad had been murdered by the ban list, and we had no idea what Salad did as a deck, and I still I, don't really. I have I had a base understand basic understanding. That's because a really good friend of mine loves fire decks. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, but his understanding of it was from the anime's perspective of the deck, right? Which is completely different from the actual TCG, right? Yeah, and my understanding of it was, um get rid of the sanctuary and the roar and stuff get rid of the back row because yeah. those are the only cards that actually do stuff yeah but essentially what happened was uh caleb gets ably locked and doesn't know what to do or where he's going with it yeah because I, I was on uh phantom nights yeah and trevor looks at him finishes trevor has finished his game in like seven minutes oh, no no no, no. That, this is a di that, that was a different game it was a it was versus code talkers Oh really? With a controller incident. This is a different game, but it gives you an idea on wh on where my headspace is. Caleb's massively tilted because he's never been Ibleed, and he looks at it and he goes, "What do I do?" And Trevor looks at him and goes, "Dude, just play." Yeah, just link it off. No, like, no, 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 no. He literally looks at me and goes, "You just shrug, yeah. just play <laughs> like that." Not even like a kind of way. More of a <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, yeah. And Caleb goes, oh, yeah. yeah. I was completely overthinking it. And just full turbo combos and wins. Yeah. And then the, another round. The next round, the very next round. Right, so you're playing it's Code Talkers? Yeah. And I, I I get game, so I'm in the middle of game one. I'm about, I'm about halfway through doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And I look, and Trevor, and Trevor just kind of puts his stuff away and just does this. Like, literally, like, six or seven minutes in. Yeah. He turns and goes, I'm bored now. And then just goes, okay, do this. Do this. Okay, now do this. Now, yeah. He plugged a controller into the back of Caleb's head and played that man's game. Yep. He, <laughs> it was amazing. And I'm, 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 like, maybe, like, 15 minutes into my match. And I look over... And Caleb's picking his stuff up. Yep. And I'm like, what happened with you two? And they're, they're both like, oh, we won. I didn't realize that Tr Trevor should have just said, I won both matches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he won two matches in less than 15 minutes total. Yeah. To be fair, whenever he got done and turned, I was literally like two summons, swing for game. Okay. For, for, for that first game. Game two, it was, that's when it was really just thunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, audio listeners, love you to death. Bless your hearts. Uh, Caleb literally just plugged a controller in. And like, yeah, I literally went the funk and then the... Made the controller I'm still hands. doing it. Yeah, made made a controller motion with his hands. Um, Look but my, my anyway, so there will be a lot of deck lists coming out over the next few days for YCS Quito as well as YCS uh, Utrecht. So if you're interested in those deck lists... They will be all over YouTube. If you search YCS Utrecht 2022 into YouTube or YCS Quito 2022, you'll find deck lists everywhere. So as far as what this means and how, what this represents within the meta itself, I think that we can really look to... I, I don't think we're going to see that tier zero format, at least not until November or December when... Yeah, when the, we get Mama. Right. So... When we get the Ishizu cards, that, that'll probably change some things. But I don't know that it'll change things as much as people think. Yeah. Because like, I think there's a legitimate chance that Runic Sprite is still a good deck for one reason. What happens when you're when you activate your Ishizu cards? Yeah, then everything. Yeah, then you just get and uh, then you have shifted. like and then you have like six cards left in deck, and then you go to your opponent's turn, and they runic spray you out of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like after seeing this, like deck out becomes a real problem. Yeah, like after she seeing this showing of a uh, runic sprite, I'm thinking that we'll probably have a two sided, uh, two sided deck here, deck uh, format where uh, Ishizu tier limit beats everything. Except exactly, Runic Sprite. Runic Sprite. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that Runic Sprite is running Shifter. By the way, he mentioned that a second ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. they are. Yeah, it's the well, idea. Shiftered. All their stuff getting banished. I see. I see. 
Yeah, I don't know that Runic Sprite is necessarily going to be... I don't know if it's going to be able to hold up to Ishizu tier, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely one of those... But it's definitely the deck that can just kind of look at that and go... Five cards left in deck, huh? Would be a shame if they all got banished face down. Yeah, just banish them all face down. Pass. Good game. You have no deck cards left in deck. Right. Yeah, like... So, like, I, I think the reason why it's not going to be tier, tier zero format... It's going to be close. But I think the reason why it's not... It's exactly because of... Uh, Runix matchup. Yeah, Runix. Yeah, Runix. The smashing Runix. Yeah. The... If you're going into a tournament right now, though, and you're playing against tier, what I would say is this. Expect lots of hand traps. People are playing a good amount of hand traps right now. People are playing tier limits at more of as a pure deck instead of the yeah. danger. A lot of people are moving away from the danger build because honestly, without the Ronin tone and stuff, yeah, making it easier to do sprite stuff within tier, as well as without Fairy Tale Snow as a payoff for Curious, the the ceiling of the danger deck is lowered by a lot more than people realize. Mm -hmm. And I mean a lot more. Oh yeah, yeah. So usually you'll so usually if you see a one if you use if you see a one tier element card, the whole deck is pure tier element. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Usually. It's it's a safe bet. I would say that Just make a dweller, you'll be fine. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> just don't do it with your math mech edition after activating its effect. I saw that happen in a feature match earlier today. The the math mech player used addition's effect which cyber slots you from the extra deck and then and then made dweller and the judge was like oh yeah cool the judge didn't stop play but yep the judge missed it too in a feature match at a ycs it was crazy that's the craziest thing i'm gobsmacked yeah, there was there was a couple of moments in the YCS. Even there was a couple of moments in the YCS Utrecht over the weekend on the stream. They were like, "Ah, that's an illegal play that they got away with." But yeah, let me just pull up my uh, pull up a source and come up with more words besides flabbergasted and gobsmacked. Honestly, okay, well that'll do it for the meta coverage that we're gonna do today. I, we might get a little bit more into it on a later date, but. The issue is that right now the meta is so in flux. So from fluid. The, yeah, from the ban list, and then Darkwing Blast is going to be next weekend or the. Yeah. I think it. I think it's Darkwing Blast is legal next weekend or the weekend after. Uh no, there was a tournament that was this past weekend where Darkwing Blast was legal. Only sneak peeks. Uh, I remember somebody tweeting. It was it was sneak peeks in case tournaments. YCS Minneapolis. Is the weekend that Darkwing Blast is widely available? Yeah. And hmm. YCS Minneapolis is either in next weekend or the weekend after. Yeah, I remember somebody tweeting that. Oh, that it was probably them tweeting about next week there'll be tournaments where there'll be like a major right, tournament yeah. where it's legal. Hope we got your stuff. Yeah, a lot of people won't be able to get the stuff, but we'll see. Yeah, it, speaking of, of, a lot of times it takes a week or two. Yeah, speaking of, if you are going to YCS Minneapolis, don't look for us. We won't be there. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're poor. Poor, and we only get so much paid time off. Yeah, so I only, we only get so much time off. Period. Yeah, welcome. This is America. Um, all right, so let's go ahead, and we do have a bunch of new cards actually. We're so we're gonna knock out some of these new cards because they've been coming hot and heavy here lately which yeah. i don't think we'll get that many new cards for a yeah, while after I, this after this i think it's supposed to like start slowing down right so we'll have the photon hypernova we have the last of those cards here today a couple of cards from the secret whatever uh whatever box secret utility box yes so um be sure to Totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, new cards. Yeah. So let's start with a, a card that um, has a very rough name. Um, Grand Guignol, the Finale Dragon. Level 8 Light Spellcaster Fusion Effect. It's a spellcaster. Wow, not a dragon. Interesting. 
Blazing, Cartesia, the Virtuous, and one Light or Dark Monster are the materials. If this card is Fusion Summoned, you can send one level 6 or higher Light or Dark Monster from your deck or extra deck to the graveyard. If a monster or monsters is special summoned by an opponent's activated monster effect, you can banish this card from your field or graveyard, special summon one Dogmatica monster from your deck, or one Despia monster from your extra deck. You can only use each effect of Grand Guggenal, the finale dragon, once per turn. So, I gotta say, this artwork is amazing. amazing. Oh, it's so good. For those that don't know, Blazing Cartesia the Virtuous is the new card that just came out in Darkwing Blast. So... If you're wondering why you haven't seen that card yet, it's because it's not tournament legal yet. But yeah, yeah, they're out there. So, all right. Next, we have most of the remaining cards for Photon Hypernova. Um, I did the last one. You want to do this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, cool. All right. So to start with, we have Smash uh, Manticore of Smashing. I like to call him Smashing Manticore. Actually, though. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Nigel Thornberry. Smashing. Smashing. Anyway, uh, he's a Fire Beast Warrior. Level 6, 2300 attack, 1000 defense. Ooh, level 6. Ugh. You can only use this card's first and second effect each once per turn. 1. During your main phase, you can add a Fissure or Smashing Ground from your deck to your hand. <laughs> That's so funny. 2. If this card is in your graveyard, you can banish a Fissure or Smashing Ground from your hand or graveyard to special summon it. So you get multiple uses out of your smashing grounds or fissures yeah it's just potentially such a, it's such a funny card like really <clears throat> alright you wanna do the next one uh sure yeah definitely uh choju of the trillion hands as opposed to manju of the thousand hands right yeah uh it is a light fairy level 6 one, 1400 attack 1000 events um, you can only use the effect of this card's damage once per turn. One, if this card is summoned, period, you can add a ritual monster and a ritual spell from your deck to your hand. Very powerful. You summon this thing, you just get a full-on ritual ready to go. If it's a level six ritual, it's just ritual summon. Yeah. Something out of your deck for free. Basically. The issue is you gotta summon a level six fairy. Right. All right. And then next we have Silverwinged Axisari. Light machine effect monster. Level 3, 500, oh, 1000. She is a mech. Yeah. She doesn't look like one until you zoom in. I mean, you know. All right. So, light level 3, 500, 100. So, you can only use the effect of this card's name once per turn. One quick effect, you can target one face-up monster on the field. Equip this card from your hand or field to it as an equip spell that gives 100 attack and defense. That's so awful. Yes, it is terrible. Why, Why though? I don't know. Dim Next, we have Dimensional Iso-Alotope. Iso-Alotope. Iso Iso-Alotope. Varus. Sure. Sounds right. Uh, light Psychic Tuner Effect Monster, level 1, zero, zero. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. One, cannot be destroyed by a monster. Cannot be destroyed in battle with a monster with the same type and or attribute. Two, you can declare one type and attribute. This card's type and attribute become the declared type and attribute until the end of the opponent's turn. Oh. It is also a terrible card. Yeah. It's got protection from one type and or attribute yeah it's terrible yeah uh next up we have a new link monster dynamond japanese name is dynamondal hmm. earth cybers link uh link effect link to 2200 attack arrows are top and bottom up and down all right two monsters including a ritual monster all right. I don't like where this is going. Me either. Uh, you can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. If this card is special summoned, you can target a card on the field and one ritual monster in your graveyard to return them both to the deck. That's really good. It's actually very solid, particularly because you need That's really good. Particularly because you need a ritual to make it. Yes. Uh, two, during your opponent's turn, quick effect, you can tribute this card and target a ritual monster in your graveyard. Either add it to your hand or special it. That's so good. Good. Wow. Yeah, because you can use that to dodge, uh, to dodge stuff on. And yes. Al also plusing, not plusing, but also you know recurring something or just doing your your opponent's in face. This thing's still on board. Just go cool effect. Yeah. This 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 card's insane. 
All right, next we have weight measuring, which is a normal trap. One, if your opponent controls at least two or more monsters than you do, they must send monsters they control to the graveyard so they control one. That's funny. Yes, it is. To be fair, uh, the best time to use this is 4v6. No, it's like 1v6 to get the most out of it. Yes. Well, 4v6 to get the absolute best case scenario because then they lose five monsters and you have four. Right. Still, that, that's, it's interesting. I, not great, but interesting. All right, next up, we have Red Vinegar Crossing. Oh, this is a Gunkin Sioux Ship card. Yes. Uh, you can only control a red vinegar, one Red Vinegar Crossing. It's a continuous trap, by the way. Two, if your opponent controls a card in this set card's column, you can activate this card, return all of the cards into the column to its hand. Three, unoccupied zones in this card's column cannot be used. What? Wow. So if your opponent sets something in the same columns as this thing with, like, two link monsters, you flip it, they lose the two link monsters plus the set card... And that entire row, if it's in row, like, two or four. Yes. And that entire row... Just gets blanked. Oh, Which, man. potentially, if you have a monster in your link zone on the other side... They can't link anymore. Oh, that's so funny. If your opponent... If your link monster doesn't point right. toward them. That's... That's funny. Interesting. Next, we have Threatening or Summonite. So, this is a normal trap. Target three monsters in your graveyard. Choose one of them. Then your opponent choose one of these effects for you to apply. Either special summon that monster or special summon as many of the other targets as possible. Whoa, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, okay. So, it gives... You, all right, so you, so you pick three. So, like, let, so like let's just say, so say, for the sake of argument, you, you look at... you Your targets are long one... Moji and Taya. Taya. And then you go Taya. Sure. Which means your opponent either special lets you special summon Taya, or then you can special summon Moji and or Longwan. That's so funny. At, that'd be great at spell speed. It'd be broken at spell speed, but Yeah. It's trap speed. Okay. You wanna read this one or you want me to read this uh this one, the the the, sh the shifty spell card. I'll read this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you mean uh? Yep. Okay. This I like goblins. Yeah, you do. The the name the name of this card is repeated land transaction, and it can and it features the robbing goblin. Yes. The, you know you know the goblin from Pot of Greed, robbing goblin, upstart goblin, blah 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 blah. So the name of this spell, once again, Repeated Land Transaction, Normal Spell. You can only activate one card of this card's name per turn. One, target a face-up card in the field zone. Banish it, then place it face-up in the field zone of the opponent of the player who controlled it. Then you can choose one field spell with a different original name from the graveyard of the player who now controls the first card and place it face-down in the field zone of the player who controlled the first face card up. when it was banned. Face-up in the field zone of the player who controlled it when the first card when it was banished. Okay, note... TLDR is player A controls a field spell. Player B takes control. Player A might get to activate another field spell from B's graveyard at activating player's discretion. No, it doesn't actually activate. It's just for simplicity. So if your opponent has a Mystic Mine, you steal the Mystic Mine. Yes. Which is then... Yeah, so you steal the Mystic Mine... And then your opponent can take a can take a uh, a, a field spot of your graveyard, something like that. It's insane. I love it. It's oh, it's needlessly complicated for just steal your opponent's field spell, and they get one of yours in exchange. Yes. All right. Next we have Meteor Rush Black White Roid Machine Effect Earth Level Ten Attack and Defense are both zero. You can only use the first effect of this card's name once per turn. One, during the battle phase, if five or more attacks were declared this turn, quick effect, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, if this card battles during the damage step only, it gains 1,000 attack for each attack declared this turn. Hmm. That's just... Wait, the... And this is the last known card for Photon Hypernova. This is also bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Because... Five attacks means either all five of your main monster zones are full, so you can't special summon it anyway, or because you just took five full attacks from your opponent. Yes. 
or because you have a link monster in the extra or you have a monster in the extra monster zone and then four regular monsters um neither one of these are good so we got a new forbidden limited list just now for master duel oh which is the third one in a month and a half jesus uh we'll do that here in a second we have two cards left to read Uh, these are the first two cards for an upcoming set called the Secret Utility Box over in OCG. Yeah. It comes out December. And we'll do the Master Duel ban list right after. Yeah. So, first card is... Eh, you get the first card. Nope. I want the other one. You, I want the other one. You want the Synchron? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dark Magician, the Magical Knight of Dragons. Level 8, Dark Dragon Fusion. Dark Magician and a level 7 or higher dragon or warrior monster are the materials. One, if a monster attacks a defense mission monster inflict battle damage... Not this monster. If your monster, it gives it just blanket gives you all your stuff piercing. That's yeah. not terrible. Depending upon what else it does. Uh, two. Once per turn, your opponent when you when your monster destroys an opponent's monster by battle, you can inflict damage to your opponent equal to the destroy of monster's original attack. Oh my god! It also gives it armory arm. Yeah. Piercing and armory arm. Three. If this card is destroyed, you can special summon a Dark Magician or a Guy of the Dragon Champion from your hand deck, extra deck, or graveyard. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, by the way, this thing is twenty nine twenty four. That's actually not bad. Yeah, the issue is... It's a Dark Magician card. Yeah, the issue is getting it out. If I'm going to do Dark Magician and a Dragon Monster, I would rather summon Dragoon. Exactly. Yeah, particularly the level 7 higher Dragon or War... To be fair, this also lets you combine it with the Gaia stuff. Because I'd rather play Dragoon. Dragon or Warrior. I'd rather play Dragoon. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Assault Synchron. Level 2 Dark Machine Tuner Effect Monster. 700 attack, 0 defense. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. The normal stuff. 1. During your main phase, you can special summon this card from your hand, then take 700 damage. If summoned this way, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck while you control this monster, except synchro monsters. That's really good. Yeah. Two, if a face-up dragon synchro monster or monsters you control is tributed or banished, you can banish this card from your graveyard, then target one of those monsters and special summon it. Yo. Chaos Ruler died, so this part, so this this synchron could live. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that... They didn't ban Chaos Ruler because of all the issues it was causing it. They banned it because of this Synchron. Potentially. Mm-mm-mm. So let let's let's talk about the Master Duel ban list for a minute. Okay, so I'm gonna run through the list, and after I run through the list, we will go ahead and talk about the overarching theme of three master duel ban lists in less than two months so um there's no forbidden cards and no limited cards they did some semi limits which are sword soul strategist longion branded opening and fluanderies and the magnificent map and the newly unlimited cards are prank kids roxies the phantom knights of torn scales virtual world roshi lao lao and sky striker mecha widow anchor this list is expected to be applied on October 28th. Every single time I see Widow Anchor, I keep thinking Window Anchor. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Sky Striker, um, mech, Sky Striker Mecha. That thing that they like stick onto the windshields as they like lift them into a car and set them in. Well, no, because like I think on the artwork of the card is them like firing a grappling hook where it sticks. It grabs. Yeah, it grabs. It's a grappling hook. That's what they do. Yeah, but it, but instead of grabbing, it's sticking on like a window <laughs> so they could just kind of spider-man around window anchor yeah window anchor i'm done <laughs> all right the list is applied on october 28th and you get a plus 20 point bonus for dismantling extra copies of the cards you love the cards so you get plus 20 for dismantling cards that are now something's happened to them on the list um from october 28th to november 29th depending on time zones so here's here's the really weird thing they're doing really regular updates in master duel now as far as the ban list is concerned every two three four weeks 
I'm down. I th- I love this. Yeah, because then it, it keeps the me- it keeps the meta rotating and changing, even whenever the actual card pool isn't, because they're not getting new cards as regularly. Yeah. Now this list doesn't do anything. I, oh, I no. cannot stress this enough. This this list almost does nothing. Like the- semi-limiting Longyon is a slight consistency hit as far as the magnificent map and the branded card. This is. This list does next to nothing. Yeah, it it, it changes percentages by like at most maybe it's ten, it's ten or eleven percent uh, if you do yeah, the math. Yeah, at most. Yeah, which is fine, but a lot of the times in the current meta games, these cards are so searchable anyway. They they normally run into anyway. No, it's just that it doesn't matter. Oh, you right. always run three map. You always run three long yawn. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter because the cards are so searchable. It doesn't really do a whole lot. It's power cards. Yeah, that's why I that, said. That's why know. I said at most. It, it functionally, it's probably actually more only like a one or two percent. Something like that grass is greener makes sense to me if you're gonna semi something like that because that's a consistency hit on a card that's not searchable. Not archetypally searchable. It's not yeah. easily searchable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can like. Like, archetypally searchable is definitely the best thing. Yes. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't know if it's necessarily what I would call... Um, Groundbreaking? Yeah, but I like the frequent updates. I just wish that they would do it a little bit more meaningfully. Of course, not all of them have to be yeah. massive, meaningful updates, but, you know, something. I mean, the last two were, well, not spectacular, but... The they, first one was good. Yeah. Okay, um, you want to do, knock out a couple of podcast questions and then move on? Let's do it. Okay, so um, let's see. Oh gosh, there's a lot. Who's better at Yu-Gi-Oh, Sonny or Caleb? Oh, Sonny. I say Caleb. Really? It's the format. If it depends. In advanced, it's probably me. In retro formats like Edison and stuff, probably you. So. Um, if a deck has a very high skill level and you don't think you are the best at the deck, but you enjoy the deck, should you keep playing it? Oh, 100%. Yes, because you'll just get better. Yeah. It'll make you better. Um, so there's some Copra Crack stuff here, but I don't know anything about any of these cards, so we'll revisit it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, do you think the Blackwing support will make Blackwings viable as a tier 2 or 1.5 deck? No. No. Definitely a fairly decent rogue strategy that'll catch yes. people off guard. Yes. They could technically potentially climb to tier two. I don't see it happening though. They're cool, it'll but be- not what I would call like great. It, I think it'll be more of a Dinotherium situation, where it just like flies into relevancy for like a day. No, 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 no. Where it's just kind of completely un- unrelevant, and all of a sudden people are like, "Wait a minute, this old card exists." Yeah. And all of a sudden, this one card completely breaks it. Yeah. Cope or cracked? Searching any field spell in the game in any deck that can make Beatrice. Cope. I mean, wait, no. That's, other word, cracked. It's cracked for the moment. Yeah, so. Because you can search Mr. Mine. Right. Do you think Konami intentionally gave the tier monsters no feet to infuriate the player base? Yes. Probably. That is my headcanon. What way do you think Konami could build lore to make their archetypes more immersive? Okay, there are two ways I think they can do this. Sure. One, start adding flavor text to everything. Not literally every single This card. is not magic. You cannot do that. Have you seen the text boxes yes. on some of these cards? But I mean on cards more... As it is in 2121, scientists let the earth fall into ruin because they were trying to decipher Nirvana High Paladin. That's too much but, text. But no, 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 no. Car, you do uh, you do uh, flavor text on cars that don't have a lot of text already. I guess. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but I can't. Even the flavor text in this game is getting to be paragraphs. Except, like, exactly uh, Mech Knight Avram. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Um, my, my thing is... Okay, I'll let you finish. What's yeah, your other way? The other one is literally, like, uh, adding... Uh, lore cards where literally it's just kind of like the tokens that we got in the Alabash structure deck where they're tokens but they also have like a little bit of lore on them mm-hmm. more of those 
I think there's two different ways that they could do it. That would be extremely really like really cool. Mm-hmm. It would also cost a lot of money, but it would be really cool. They could actually make flesh out and make the um the the story modes for the different decks in the solo mode. Oh, in Master Duel? In Master Duel? Yeah. yeah if they flush that out for individual cards, that would be sweet and individual mm-hmm. archetypes. Otherwise, dog, it's- give me so give me a small like one season show like Arcane. Mm-hmm. Give me something like that, but for like the Albaz lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd or, be amazing. Yeah, or and then maybe like oh well, or even like like do it seasonally. Yeah, like, like season yeah. one, you do like the Dogmatica Albaz stuff. Yeah, season, season two, two, you do like a bunch of one ofs. Well, you can do the uh, the Visa Starfrost stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then of course you have a whole season in between where you're waiting on something good to come up, where you just have like a bunch of random one ofs. Um. You know, like, have one thing where it kind of explains lore behind. I don't know. Give me an entire Crusadia storyline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, live twins. Maybe something with the dragon maids. Yeah, I mean, anything like that. Kind of see how they interact with each other. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Because then you can give cards a lot more personality than can be uh, portrayed just on cardboard. Yeah. Um, Who's going to win the Invitational? I don't know. We might not even have all the players yet. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you still have a couple of opportunities. Mm-hmm. You can still play this Thursday as well as next Thursday to try to get your last minute invites to the Invitational. Heck yeah. So on uh, Do it. Yeah, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we do remote dual tournaments within our Discord server. If you're not in it, you should definitely check it out. If you win the Invitational... so. You, we do regular every Thursday tournaments, and then Saturday, uh, the 29th of October, we're doing an Invitational. And the winner of the Invitational is going to get some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. More than likely, what it'll be is, it'll be a box of Darkwing Blast, as well as a very cool trophy that we're having made custom. Yep. So, if you're interested in that, please do that. And I think we have time for one more question. Yeah. Okay, so... What life lesson did you learn the hard way after moving out and becoming a more independent person? Ooh. Yo, food costs a lot of money. I'm just going to say, like, food costs so much money. And another thing that I personally learned, children cost so much money. I was going to say, well, I was going to tech on and slightly modify your first your first sure. point. Good food costs so much money. You can get yes. food cheaply, but you're eating like ramen noodles every day. Actually, how about this? I'll do you one even better. Eating out costs so much money. Well, no, because like even good, like even if you're just buying good quality ingredients is still expensive. Yeah, but like compared to eating out, oh, it's yeah, no, no, so it's cheap. A, a third of the price. The best life skill that I can genuinely give to anybody is learn how to cook at least like five or six dishes that you're just like really good at cooking. That way you can eat some different things and try to learn how to cook healthier dishes. Baking is cool and all that, Mm -hmm. but you need to learn how to cook like a good, hearty, healthy meal. Even something as simple as grilling some chicken on the stove with some seasonings and cutting it up and making yourself like a grilled chicken salad. Listen, listen. So good. Chicken and rice by itself with other random ingredients. Yeah. Can take you so far. Learn how uh, get a crock pot. Mm-hmm. A crock pot's like 40, 50 bucks, which to some people I understand it's a it's an investment. But oh my one god. One crock pot, you buy it once, it'll last you 20 years. You can cook infinite meals in it. Oh, and those are the bad ones that only last you 20 years? <laughs> yeah. My, uh, grandma- my-, my grandmother has one that's 50 years old. I don't know if they've had crockpots for 50 years, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, my, my mom has a crockpot that literally she's had since like her and my dad got married. Like yeah. 35 years ago. Something oh, yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't you know, know how old crockpots are. You know, my, my yeah. grandmother bought, bought a crockpot back in 1980. And she's, back in the, like, the 1980s. And she's still using it to this day. Yeah, I've had food out of that crockpot. It's good. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. All right. So 
we have a couple more we'll read them off in the next episode if we didn't do yours i promise it's not that we don't want to it's a time thing we don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. we're trying not to make we get so many long. questions now it's great yes it really is nice also that is where we get all of our podcast questions of the mm-hmm. day so if you want to ask those go to the discord server yep. that's where we get them we have a whole section where you can just ask them yep just ask me all by questions and we answer them on the pod so thank you all again so much for your continued support of the podcast. Thank you for listening, sticking around. If you've made it this far, I would hope that you liked what you've heard. And if so, go ahead and like the podcast, subscribe if you're on YouTube, follow us if you're on Apple or Spotify. Be sure to give us the support if you think that we've earned it. So with all of that said, thank you all so, so much for listening to today's episode and have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.